0: What's really good? Welcome back to the Sanchez Show, sports podcast influenced by hip hop. I'm your host, Eric Sanchez, aka Legend and Two Games. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast streaming on all major platforms. Also, follow me on social media. It's Legend in Two Games across all platforms. Completely spelled out: L E G E N D I N T W O G A M E S. Uh, today we got a we got a very special guest and a good friend to the show, my man Mike Lowry. Um, we've had you on live TV. Uh, We've also done an interview before, and we appreciate um, you having us out there at Rucker Park as well with Sophisticated Minds. Mike, introduce yourself to the people and let the people know about yourself.
1: What up? I normally give my intro sound something like this. What up, America? I'm your man from across the bridge where hip-hop got started from the boogie down Bronx New York, and they call me your truly, Mike Larry. You can catch me each and every summer at Rucker Park, Tri-State, Lex Express, you name it, I'm there. But today right here, I'm on the Sanchez Show. Up America, my IG. You can follow me on IG at I am underscore Mike Larry. That's M I C L A W R Y. across all platforms. Um, follow me, and I follow back.
0: That's what's up, bro. Now, for the people that don't know, let them know. How long have you been the voice of, of Rucker Park and mainly
1: streetball throughout New York City? Um, the voice of Rucker Park. Uh, this would have made my um, my sixth year going um, going on six seven, I believe. Rucker Park, Um, I've been there my first year. So I'm going to say like six strong years at Rucker Park. Um, I've been emceeing now uh, for about 10 years and doing different events because I just don't do streetball, basketball games. I do, you know, weddings, sweet 16s, open mics, concerts, things of that nature. So I I pretty much do it all.
0: Absolutely, bro. And um, you shared a story with me as well um, in regards to who your, your most memorable moment at Rucker Park. Uh, a certain player that you have seen there. I know recently we saw a post that it had marked about 18 years since Kobe, the late great Kobe Bryant, had played at Worker Park. For the people, let them know who, who was your most memorable athlete that you had seen in person at the
1: park? My, my well, big shout out to Rest in Peace Kobe Bryant, Kobe B Bryant. Um, I did see that game, um, but my most memorable one was uh, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant came to the park. Uh, what I loved about it, he came to the park and he chilled. He just didn't show up. I had scheduled game, He came to the park and watched all three games, uh, well, all two games, and then of course he had the nightcap. and that game was phenomenal for me. The way he put on the show his work ethic even in streetball basketball. Um, it, it was it was phenomenal. just the energy in that that park was just real, real different. A lot of people see the the energy that we get in parks now and there's a lot more tournaments than it was back then, so everybody stretched far, few and thin but the energy in that park was felt throughout the whole Harlem and that was different. So a big shout out to KD, Kevin Durant. Absolutely. Um,
0: now, as you hinted at uh, this summer, obviously has, has been different for you with everything going on with COVID. Um, how, in your opinion, has COVID, we know it's, it's affecting currently street but how will it affect uh, future seasons of street ball at Rucker at Dykeman? Uh, West Forth, some of the most memorable parks throughout the city. How do you think this current situation we're dealing with will affect the future of ball?
1: Um, well, I personally think that we won't get back to normality until next year, anyway. As far as just regular lifestyle will probably be the normality, probably 2021. Um, moving forward, I just think it's going to be a mask individual, a mask, um, event. you required to wear your mask, things of that nature. Um, I don't know how it's going to work. I think it's going to affect us. It has a, it has the we have the power to make it work for us in a good and a great way because everybody could come together and each tournament could thrive based off not having a summer this summer. Each tournament could come back on top or it could break them. You know, if you don't do your homework, if you don't prepare yourself now, um, next year may be a, a, a downfall for a lot of people. Um, and we'll figure that out as we get closer to to next year and see what it looks like. Um, but I believe it's gonna take a, a a whole effect in the community. Once again, I think it's gonna do something good because a lot of people miss basketball. I see the NBA has had their scrimmages today. Um and just to watch that was 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 a good thing to do. But a lot of people just miss basketball. So a lot of people cannot make an NBA basketball game. So street ball, when some of the players came out, uh uh Isaiah Whitehead and things of that nature, um, or Jelly Fan, Washington. Mr. Um, New York City Marquise Noel. When he came out to play, it was like a, a, a opportunity of a light on for some kids, even some adults that probably can't get to a league game. So hopefully we bounce back stronger than ever. New York City is known for bouncing back stronger than ever. Hopefully we can come together and do it now.
0: Right. Do you think personally it will affect uh, how many tournaments you do every year, uh, just knowing the crowds and the amount of people you might be around?
1: Um. I believe so. Me personally, like I'm, I'm a man of faith, so I don't let fear grip my heart. I live my life accordingly. Um, that's just how I do it. I think fear is a number one killer in in, in the nation. If you let fear get at you, get at you, you're not really focusing on what you need to do to get past it. Um, me personally, I probably still embrace some uh, a lot of the events that I was doing. Just be a little bit more conscious about how I embrace them in the stand. Um, I'm. I don't mind the big crowds. I was never it's, it's ironic because even though I do a lot of basketball tournaments and do a lot of events, I don't like huge crowds. <laughs> and how ironic is that, that I do all this and crowds is part of what I do. But I don't like huge crowds. Um, nevertheless, if the opportunity calls for it, then I'm going to just do what I have to do and make sure I'm protected, make sure I, I follow necessary guidelines to make sure everything is situated. But um, I still embrace, if I get the phone call, I'm going to embrace your tournament because – I just want you to walk away with the Mike Lavery experience, like you know what we had. This man on the mic and it was different. And you know my slogan, get different when I'm on. And I want I want everybody to experience that somehow, some way. Right. Do Do you think the
0: energy of street ball would be different without any fans there, without any crowd to witness it?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. The um, the fans is what makes street ball. Like I I, I said, you got your players that play the game, and then you got the fans that watch the game, but that's a game in and of itself. Um, sometimes I call it bad games, I call it good games, I call it sorry games, and, and, and the fans is what made it a little bit more interesting. The score may be 20, 65 to 22. You know what I mean? How do you call a game of a blowout like that? You find a crowd. You find somebody who want to have fun in the crowd, and whether it be crack a joke with them, whether it be DJ, put the music on, let them cry, let them dance a little bit. So the crowd plays an integral part in, in streetball basketball. If we don't have no fans. It's going to do a lot of people sorry. You understand? And then you got people that come. You got a lot of players that want to come. They want to play for fans. You know, I heard that that excuse before. I'm not playing. Ain't nobody watching me to play. I want to go with the fans is that. So we got to figure out a way to keep them fans in them stands, even if it's uh, uh, increasing of the games. To go from three games to – to five games and cut a cut the, the the capacity of the crowd in half, so they can watch each different game. That we have to do. What we have to do. with crowd is very very important. Right,
0: and and speaking of a crowd, um, I, I see there's you know some areas that still have some some games going on. Atlantic City, um, specifically, they got weekend games going on there with the crowd. Do you feel it's too soon for that, or do you feel like
1: as long as everyone's taking their precautions, it's okay? Um. Every, to to each his own, right? So it's like you got some people who don't agree with it, and you got some people like myself. I'm like, if that's if you if you don't feel well, don't be selfish and take it upon yourself to show up. You understand? Now, of course, we got some people that's asymptomatic, so they will never know. You understand? But um, you got to take real precaution. Um, I don't think it's too soon. I think it's I think they did the necessary stuff. They went through their phase one, two, and three way before we did. And now they got the okay to do a tournament, then so be it. You understand? Um just understand that there's a strong there's there is a possibility of you getting into uh um you know catching the virus. You understand? There's a possibility, it's not a zero chance, is there is a possibility. So as long as you got that in your mind, you can't get mad at nobody that you knew the risk you was taking when you came.
0: Right. I, I think it's a it's a slippery slope. Um, but as you said, you know, there are a lot of people who, who love not only the game, but love the environment that that streetball provides, mm-hmm. um, and so with so many people being confined to their home for the last four months, it's almost like they're looking forward for that reason to get out there and watch the games. Mm-hmm. What up? You you mentioned the, the NBA restart. We know the some of their, um, I guess we can kind of call them like their their warm up games before the official restart next week. Um, mm-hmm. And you've been very vocal on your social media platform in regards to Black Lives Matter in regards to social injustice and things that are going on right now. What are your thoughts on the NBA backing the players, having Black Lives Matter uh, on the court, as well as um, the the changing of the nameplates, where guys can actually use it to uh, enhance
1: a message or show support? Um, First and foremost, big shout out to the NBA for doing that. You got to understand one thing, is that NBA is a huge multi-billion dollar business. So um, they don't have to. It's like, I see what y'all want to do, but... If I don't want y'all to do it, I don't have to support it. So the fact that they're able to sit there and say, hey, listen, um, y'all want to put a message on the back of your jersey and the nameplate, then so be it. You know what I mean? We support it. We put Black Lives Matter on the court. Uh, we just want to understand that social injustice is needed, and we're going to support y'all. So big shout-out to the um, NBA for supporting and backing us because need, we need backing. The only way this changes is we support one another and push one another. I don't care what nobody say. We have to do it together. It's not a one-man thing. It has to be done together. Um, I think everybody in the NBA should wear uh, some type of message on their jersey. It's just we as a people, New York City, um, Chicago, L.A., and I'm just throwing cities out there. United States of America, we are visual beings. We see what we want change in. So the more we see it, the more we be like, I want those sneakers LeBron had on. How do you know LeBron had it on? i seen them. I want those sneakers – Uh, uh, um, Russell Westbrook had on. How do you know he had those color on? Because we see it. So now what happens if the NBA want to put a jersey on sale with the nameplates on? How do you know LeBron James wore that? Because I've seen him. Unfortunately, LeBron James is not wearing nothing on his jersey, which I totally disagree with that man. Um, I think it's an opportunity. He's been very, 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 very very vocal. And I think it's an opportunity for him to take a bigger stand, not just by himself, but as a unit. Um, I think if the whole NBA was to wear a nameplate of some Black Lives Matter uh, statement on their jersey as a unit, it just looks so much powerful than rather having one person not do it and uh, 17 other places do it. Then you've got the, the low-level players, the tier, tier three-level players that are wearing it because they really mean something about it. But tier one players is not doing it. Anthony Davis is not wearing one. LeBron James is not wearing one. Um, stuff like that, I just think, should be across the board. He's a strong, influential person. Um, he speaks up about the social injustice and things of that nature. I think as a unit, it just makes a difference when you see LeBron James running up and down the court. And there's others that chose, got elected to wear their own name, but I'm speaking speaking on him. It just makes a huge difference Some see LeBron James run up and down the court to see the name Breonna Taylor on the back of his jersey. At some point, somebody's gonna get the picture. May not be game one, may not be game two, but at some point, somebody's gonna get the picture. So we all know who James is. We know you, LeBron James. Help, help us get uh uh Brianna Taylor's killers, uh, the officers. You understand? Big shout out to Tobias Harris. He said, "I'm every question I'm gonna answer is arrest to, uh Brianna Taylor um killers," and he put it out there like that. I don't care about no T-shirt. <laughs> I don't care about nothing else. I'm going. This is the statement I want to make because I understand repetition is key. I got to keep repeating it. At some, point, at some point, I believe, talking about Tobias Harris, he believed he will probably get some change. Right.
0: Do you feel, and, and you made great points because I, I've i been conflicted on LeBron not wearing it as well. On one hand, mm-hmm. I do feel that unity is key right now, and him being the biggest name and the face of the NBA, he should be on board with it. Um, mm-hmm. But I also understand from the other, other standpoint, we know LeBron has done a lot. He's given back mm-hmm. a lot. He's always mm-hmm. been very vocal, and so mm-hmm. to him, his name being on the jersey may be personal. You know, it's legacy. Um, so I, I'm conflicted on it. Do you feel though? And this this what I'm this question I'm presenting. I'm conflicted on it as well.
1: Do you feel that all black athletes have to be activists? Um, you to, to the, the political correct answer is you don't have to do anything. You feel what I'm saying you could just walk and worry about yourself. Um, for the nature of the situation, I believe you ought to speak on something. You understand? It took me a while to talk about the um, social injustice. It took me a while to talk about what are we marching for, if we could on our own. Like I talked about these topics and it took me a while to come out and say anything only because um, you have to be you have to be real, real careful on what you say and how you say it, right? So, um, but I think somebody, all black athletes. It's it could be your sister it could be your daughter, your sister, your son could be next. I think you should, every black athlete should say something. Whether it be one time, just let your voice be heard. You understand? It could be, I'm gonna say this once and one time only. Arrest the killers of the Taylor. Simple. We have to be done. And they'll walk off. Now we know you made an impact. You said something. Now whether they listen or not, we got we got that check on the, the, the on the box. Like we checked the box off that okay, Mike Lowry said something, all right, you know what I mean? Legend, two games, they said something, you feel what I'm saying? So I think everyone should – well, you don't have to, but I think everyone should because unity is what's going to bring it together. You know, not acting out, not looting, not shooting, Instead, just unity. Let me say my brother if like – that's why I feel me person, personally. If you, if you feeling some type of pain, I'm going to feel that pain because I don't think you should be – you shouldn't be worrying about how your son, how you going to eat and little things of that nature. Like if I if there's a way I could help then by all means, the best of my ability, I'm going to try to help. That's the same thing with the social injustice, the Black Lives Matter movement is I'm in, I'm in pain right now. we going to tell a parents "Is in pain right now. You understand and me speaking out as an athlete, um, high caliber athlete speaking out could kind of ease the pain, let you know that you're not in it by yourself. And date. now's the time to just be together. Right. And the reason I start off by
0: saying I'm conflicted on this, I agree. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we need the athletes, the Mm -hmm. entertainers who have this larger platform, who have this larger audience to speak up Um, because when they speak up, obviously it invokes curiosity from other people and people are willing to try to understand what's going on. And then ultimately Mm -hmm. that's how we invoke change. You know, we know we need our white counterparts to know what's going on in order for Mm -hmm. things to change. But in that Mm -hmm. same regard, I say I'm conflicted because we don't hold our white counterparts are white athletes and entertainment to the same standard Mm -hmm. right no no one as we talked about lebron is the biggest name in the nba and he's one of the biggest names in the world he's he's Mm -hmm. internationally known there's not not one place in this world you can go where they don't know who lebron james is right on the flip side though no one is putting a mic in front of tom brady and saying hey what do you think about black lives matter great and, I, and to me, I feel that's unfair. Like we're holding our, our black athletes to a certain standard that we're not holding our white athletes to.
1: And, and the, the reason why, and I totally agree with you. I, that's one of the main things I have stated in one of my lives um, on my Instagram. I have stated, um, "We are the Tom Brady's, right? We are the Peyton Manners, things of that nature." Um, and the reason why I think the reason one of the, one of the main reasons why we don't hold our white athletes or white entertainers um, to that standard is because It's not happening to the white athletes. It's not happening. So it's like, it's happening with us. Let's do our part. You understand? So I just think, but I totally agree with you. I feel the same way. Um, Big shout out to Greg Popovich, uh, uh, NBA San Antonio Spurs coach, who came out and did a little segment on and was damn near in tears. You understand that he's embarrassed to be white. You understand? It's like we need more of that. Because if we see it across the board, not only just with the black athletes, but with the white uh, uh, athletes as well, or entertainers or coaches, things of that nature, then it makes a bigger sound. Um, But at the moment, the reason why I just think we keep them to the highest standard because it's happening with us. One argument that I always tell everybody is that if we don't care for our own, why should they, right? The argument that I always get from a a white person is, well, y'all don't care about yourselves. You understand? Y'all killing yourselves. So if we come together and do bigger and better as a unit, that's one argument they can't use. Now when we approach the throne, like, hey, listen, we want change. They can't use. Well, it's not happening. Y'all don't care about yourselves. They can't use that because we done made that adjustment. You understand? So, but I totally agree with you. I wish we had the Tom Brady to step up, the, um, the uh, uh, Rob Gronkowski and, and Peyton Manning and um, more, more Greg Popoviches and stuff like that um Nick Nurse, Like I, I wish we had people to step up yeah, and, and talk about it. The it's needed. It's needed across the board because this is not just a black issue. This is a a nationwide issue. It's is a social issue. This is a big race issue that we have in and um some people don't want to lose their image. I tell people all the time when you stand up but when you sack when you when you're trying to change something come sacrifice. With change come sacrifice. And a lot of people does not want to sacrifice their image. They don't want to sacrifice their money. They don't want to sacrifice their gigs. They don't want to sacrifice their stock. You understand? So, like, I'm going to speak on it because I got I got to maintain my stuff. And that's their choice, unfortunately. You understand? But we we got to do the best we can with what we have to make things work for us.
0: You're right. I mean, it it, it takes guys like Greg Popovich. Uh, Steve Kerr has always been very vocal. Absolutely, um, yeah. Nick Nurse, uh, Mark Cuban, um, Mm -hmm. you know, came out yesterday and he even said, you know, if my players want to protest, I I completely understand and I'm okay with it. And he said, who Mm -hmm. knows? I may even protest with them. Mm -hmm. Do you think we may see protests in the NBA similar to what we're seeing in the NFL um, and even Major League Baseball for the first time? We we saw players Mm -hmm. protest yesterday um, at the San Francisco Giants game. Do you think Mm -hmm. we will see that during
1: the restart of the NBA? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I don't know what's in store. But I know it's probably gonna be a blackout. Whether it be, I can't breathe jerseys, um, shoot around shirts like they did. Um, I, I I i told I understand that it's gonna be different, and I, I don't know what's gonna be seen or what's what we're gonna see, but I definitely know we're gonna see some type of, um, protest. Uh, I personally wanted, I was just throwing ideas out there. And me and my me and my friend, I was like, I think the NBA should just wear all black jerseys. You feel what I'm saying like. Black and white jerseys. It's simple. If you I don't care what color your team is, either you if you're home, you got a white jersey. If you away, you got a black jersey. And I thought it should have been like that for the for the remainder of. And then that's when they came out with the statement jersey. So something got you know, I mean something happens. You you just gotta do stand up for what you want. But I definitely believe we're gonna see some type of protest. It's probably gonna be all blacked out jerseys. It's probably gonna be big shout out to Russell Westbrook, him and his clothing line. Has um, they came up with a, a brand, and I think the shirt that he had on says "We Honor," and it had all the people that got killed from police, police brutality—Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, um, and, and a bunch of other names and, and stuff like that. We'll probably see that our shoot-around shirts. Who knows? But I think there's definitely gonna be a protest. Right.
0: In your personal opinion,
1: why do you think it's it's
0: so difficult for people to to understand why? athletes are protesting, All right, We hear so many times people say things like, oh, I, I can't allow somebody to disrespect the flag or people who want to make it about the flag as opposed to the real issue. Why do you mm-hmm. think it's so hard for people to grasp the as- actual con- uh, concept of why athletes are protesting?
1: Because they never went through a struggle in a bad pain, you understand? When you go through a struggle, I don't care whether it be, um, I can't tie my shoe right. That's a that's a personal struggle. And I, and I use something so little, and I know it's a different magnitude, but if you ever experience pain in life, and I'm not talking about a, a com- b- born with a 700 credit score, 800 credit score, talking about some type of struggle in life, then you feel like, oh, they disrespecting the flag. What have you had to go through that I had that I didn't bear? Understand. Once people understand the pain that we went through as a culture, then they understand that it's bigger than the flag. This is why the Mark Cuban could speak on that that Mark Cuban had to hustle his way to the to to own the late um the Mavericks you understand like things of that nature Steve Kerr went through a pain when his his father got shot you understand has as growing up and stuff like that so it's like all right that was totally different but you just walked in there and shoot my father I got some type I have some type of similarity of pain I know what you go through and some people don't know how to sympathize or empathize with us because they never experienced our pain. But once they experience our pain, then they understand it has nothing. The flag could be purple, black, and green, and it, it just, it could be all purple. And it has nothing to do with the flag. As far as I'm concerned, this is about the United States. It's about us as a people. So um, that's why they can't realize or, or, or seem hard to, to get to us because they don't understand the um, the pain we endure.
0: Absolutely. Well said, bro. Um, Let's lighten it up a little bit too, man, because I want to get your thoughts. You're very knowledgeable in basketball. We've had these talks before. What are you expecting to see during the
1: restart, um, which kicks off about a week from today? Um, I'm expecting to see a lot of action. Uh, First of all, I'm expecting to see a lot of low scoring games because it's going to be a lot of misses. It's going to be a lot of, uh, (laughs) a lot of bad basketball in the first week. Um, But what I am expecting to see is competitive basketball because you only got eight regular season games to seed yourself. So it's not like if I'm three games out, two games out, these eight games matter. It's not like we can lose one. We may need to win all eight of these to bump up into the fourth spot. Like it may be all eight that we need. So I'm expecting to see a lot of um, good basketball, um, competitive basketball. I'm expecting to see um, a lot of different uh, strategic ways to, to help everybody get off the shrine. Like, for for example, the Lakers, who added Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith. I want to see how they're going to get implemented, how they're going to implement those gentlemen, and um, uh, the Brooklyn Nets uh, added Jamal Crawford, who's been out the league for a little while. So how is he going to implement? You only got eight games. It normally you take eight people to eight games to get your, to finally get your foot in the foot in together. So uh, what what is it going to be like? You understand? There's some people's going to auditioning for next year against and auditioning for a contract. So I'm expecting to see a lot of competitive basketball. Uh, I am interested in the fact that there's no fans. Will we get to hear the players this time mic'd up? Um, do, will we get to hear real basketball? You know, we from the street, so when we play pick-up ball, like, man, that wasn't no, that wasn't no foul. You travel. And then back and forth, are we going to hear that? And I think that's cool. I don't think there should be no text given, majorly. <laughs> no major text given. Let the guys play. It's Because that's all it is right now. We're seeing... NBA level pickup basketball. That's what we're really seeing. There's no fans in there in the crowd. We're seeing NBA level record Park basketball, you know what I mean? The street ball basketball because there is no crowd. So they really got to find, and you got to find a different type of uh, motivation. Sometimes I'm going to play for these fans because they came to watch me. Now there's no fans. What are you playing for? Yeah, it, it had a like an AAU type feel to it. I was watching
0: somebody – of uh, I was watching some of the Nuggets game earlier and like you had players along the sideline because obviously you said there's no fans. So the whole baseline mm-hmm. now was players either waiting for their next game or guys mm-hmm. who didn't suit up um, because mm-hmm. this was kind of a warm up game for the Nuggets. They, they didn't have all their starters suit up. So they had guys along the baseline that weren't on the actual sideline cheering yeah. their guys on and, you know, yeah. making noise and, and making an enjoyable environment there. It's, it's definitely
1: AAU. It's definitely AAU. Like, you listen, your game start at three o'clock. Uh, they try to stretch, get it right because it's it's definitely AAU. But um, and I think that that that's the camaraderie that's gonna be built with the NBA and different teams. Like, all right, I didn't shoot up today, but I'm gonna cheer you on because if if nobody, and I say I say it all the time about myself, I'm I am my biggest fan because I done been talked about, laughed at, all that other stuff from people that I thought was in my corner. You gotta support yourself and nobody else do so. You understand? I think that's real dope that other people, that other teammates is going to cheer on their other, their counterparts as well as as other teams that's waiting for their games. Right. Absolutely.
0: What are your thoughts on, uh, we saw some footage come out, Skinny Mello, this newest edition of Carmelo Anthony, who's much more slimmed down. He's actually even talking about playing at the three um, because he knows they got some guys coming back from injury. What are your thoughts on Mello? I thought he came back and he played pretty well um, after missing some time to start this year.
1: Yeah, he did he did um play very, very well. Um I, I'm I'm not gonna talk like I'm um, best friends with Melo, but we had to have conversations. Um I reached out to him, um, God willing, he responded back. And I was just always encouraging, Hey man, when, when you was out, at some point somebody gonna make a call. You know what I mean? He said, Oh, I'm ready. You know what I'm saying? So now that he's come back and I see Melo, Melo looked like Syracuse Melo. That's dangerous for the NBA because he's moving. Mind you, here Mello had a lot of back issues. He lost some of that weight. The back could give way now. He can move how he want to move. Melo always been one of – I think he's the only player, if I'm not mistaken, I've seen the stat today, the only player to score 50 points without even scoring a point in the paint. You understand? That means your jump shot really has to be working. Mello always had a consistent jump shot. So now that um, you come back with that weight, you can play at the three. If they do a mismatch and switch off at the four, along with Dame Lillett at the at the one and, and CJ McCollum at the at the two, they they're in a world of trouble. I think they they scary. I think they have an opportunity to catch that eight spot. And I believe if they get that eight spot, the Lakers is in trouble. I mean, that's an interesting point. Um
0: we we know Dame could take over a series. We've seen him do Absolutely. it plenty of times. Absolutely. And, and you made the you made the comparison of Mellow, Syracuse. I mean, people forget how like amazing Melo was not only that year in Syracuse, but I mean early Melo at Denver was a
1: problem. Absolutely. He was problem. a problem. Inside and out. You know, yeah. like Kobe Bryant is on record saying he was the toughest player he had to guard because he's physically strong. So now I lose the weight, I put on a muscle. I can move how I want to move. You understand? Like he's I I'm I'm a I've been a fan of Melo. I went to, to the garden to go see Melo play in Syracuse when he was at Syracuse, like and then I seen him when he was on the Knicks too. So me understanding and being a fan of Melo, I was like, man, I want him to get back. And now that he's back, one of my favorite players, Dame Lillard, is like, oh, man, this could be what he's been missing. You understand? And I think it's an opportunity of a lifetime for Melo. I really hope they make it to the playoff picture because I would like to see that. Um, he knows how to win. He knows how to win. He just needs the right pieces.
0: Yeah, I agree. I've always been a big fan of Melo. Um, I, I got the opportunity to meet him one time and a great dude. He actually signed a couple basketballs for my daughter, um, awesome very very cool dude man and I've always rooted for him I'm not gonna lie it was a point where I got a little frustrated with him because I really wanted to see him be able to win in Oklahoma City because I thought that was a great mm-hmm. situation for him um, mm-hmm. what Russ brings and what PG brings and you know mm-hmm. he struggled in that playoff series and to me it was like man that was the opportunity because I knew as a Nick fan we never gave him those pieces we never Absolutely. gave him that Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I wanted him to be able to do it, and and he's got an opportunity, like you
1: said, with Portland. They could be very scary, and they're getting healthy at the right time. Right time. I think this layoff, this coronavirus, this restart did did a couple teams justice, and Portland being one of them. Everybody was able to get their they, they equilibrium back. So should I, uh, as I should say, and get their health back. You know, Melo dropping away, um, Dame lit it not worrying about the ankle and knee injury, and CJ was able to, you know, stuff like that is just. Uh, a, a great opportunity for them. And I, I really, like I said, I just hope they make the playoff picture and then we can take it from there. I'm not a huge fan of their coach. I think they lost a lot of meaningful games that should have been won. I know they had lost, like, three games when they were up by, like, at least 15 or more in the regular season. And now it's coming to haunt them, um, things of that nature. Uh, but I, I, I hope they make the adjustments and, and get get my boy in the playoffs. I hear you on that.
0: And who are you looking at on the Eastern Conference side? Um, obviously everybody thinks Milwaukee is the favorite. Uh, Philly just made a, a small move in their rotation. Now they got Ben playing at the four. Um, mm-hmm. Who are you watching on on the Eastern
1: side of things? Um, that's basically who I'm watching. I'm watching Milwaukee because um, I'm a fan of Giannis as well. Uh, I just think I'm I'm a fan of the underdogs by his story. It's just is to me means a lot more. Um. I am I am looking forward to see if how he's gonna adjust with the layoff. Um was you just sitting back or was you working on that jump shot. Because I think if Giannis got a jump shot, he'd be one of the greatest players the NBA I've ever seen at seven foot at seven plus. Um the the Philadelphia 76, I think moving Ben to the four was a bad thing. Um because going down on the defensive end, who you guard? You're gonna switch that off to the one. You understand it's like so. Who y'all got at the one? If y'all move him to the four, who y'all got at the one? The one can't play the four, so it's like it could work in both. It could work for him and against him. And I think it's gonna do him more de- harm than good because you can't shoot, so it's not like you can bring the the four out there. You're gonna try to blow by him, but he's accustomed to playing. You know, any four is accustomed to playing low. You know what I mean? pink basketball. So uh, uh we, I hope that that works out for them. But I'm watching Milwaukee. I want to see if they're gonna make that adjustment, especially um with, with that uh that Lakers and, and Milwaukee series and even the Lakers um, the Clippers in Milwaukee. Uh, I wanna see that. So uh things of that nature I, I I I'm looking forward to looking at that. Even Boston, I think Boston gonna be alright too. I think Boston's gonna be alright too. Um Jason Tatum, he, his work ethic is just phenomenal. I like his work ethic. So it's a toss-up, man. It's a toss-up in the league right now. it really could be this could be one of the championship games we've seen. It was like I did not expect them to make it to the chip, <laughs> And that's that's good. You know what it reminds me of? Um, NCAA uh, March Madness right now. Exactly right, I, what it
0: agree. Me of. I agree. Yeah. I was saying that the other day that it, it has um, that type of feel because it's not going to be any home court advantage. It's going to be everybody mm-hmm. within one air arena, the same way we see yeah. like in March Madness where it's like, all right, mm-hmm. everybody's there. And if yeah. the underdog gets hot, um, yep. Boston could be that team. You know, like you said, yep. Tatum, Brown. Um mm-hmm. they got Kimber Walker on it. You think Kimba's healthy? I know he was dealing with a little bit of a knee earlier this year.
1: Yeah, he was dealing with a little bit of knee issue. Um I I think we're gonna be able to sell first game though, to see what it looks like. First the first game back, we're gonna see what it looked like. Um if Kimba's not as as a ninety percent Kimba is better than uh, any any type of Kimba, but um I pray that that he is feeling better. Um I hope that knee issue don't give him a a, a, a hard time. Cause you know, just running up and down the court, playing those minutes, um, bumping with bigger guards, that could put a toll on the body. So, um, if he if he is healthy, they're gonna be scary too. They're gonna be scary. It's funny because I was, I'm like thinking about Tatum, thinking about Brown. I forgot about Kimba. They they scary. They are scary. Yeah, they they're
0: one of those teams. I think that could that could be a matchup problem because mm-hmm. Brown and Tatum, they could rotate off the the three and the four consistently, without question. Right, so then it, it becomes like like you talked about earlier with Ben at the four. It's like, all right, so if, if I throw Tatum at the four and just to use Ben, it's like, all right, so now Ben got to stay with him. So then who's staying with Jalen Brown? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And then, and then you exactly. get that cross match because then it's like, all right, so all right, y'all figured that out. I right, then who got Kemba? And then let's exactly. not forget, they still got Gordon Haywood there too. So they mm-hmm. got all these wing guys that could really
1: take over a game. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's scary. Now, as you say it like that, that's real scary. Sheesh. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm scared for the league right now. But that's, that's once again, that's the that NCAA, March Madness feel. We're getting that type of energy. I, I can't wait for it. I can't yeah. wait for it. It's, it's going to be very exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah.
0: As a sports fan, like Definitely. I said, this is it's, it's early Christmas for me, man, because we <laughs> yeah. got, you know what I'm saying, the NBA is going to be kicking off and we're going to get consistent NBA games back to back. Um, you know, along mm-hmm. with every other sport that's come back, Major League Baseball. So yeah. we, we'll see how it plays out, but I'm definitely excited to see it, man. Um, we talked yeah. about NCAA style of play and the format, and we see a, a shift. Um, mm-hmm. We've been hearing the, the the rumblings of some of the top guys saying, I'm going to go to an HBCU, uh, as opposed mm-hmm. to going to the Dukes and to the Kansases. What are your thoughts on that? Because I, I really like it. And I'm interested to see how this plays out over the next few years, because mm-hmm. not only do we have now this new element of, Hey, I'm not going, I'm no longer worried about going to those powerhouse schools. I'm mm-hmm. going to try to help my own. But then we also got the G league program, which is starting to take off. And then mm-hmm. of course we also got the overseas. I know you called some games in Australia before as well. And we yeah. saw the Mellow ball go over there. What are your thoughts mm-hmm. on this new dynamic of a young athlete taking
1: control of
0: their pathway to the, to the
1: NBA? Um, I think it's a round of applause because they, the HBC, it just changes. It changes the narrative on everything, right? It's not just the blue blood scenes, the Duke, Kentucky's the uh, Louisvilles, and, and and all the high major schools. Now you got the HBCUs, who because it's a business now. I'm getting Mikey Williams just throwing a name out there. I'm getting these these uh schools um these big-name players, five-star players, four-star players to come to HBCU, now the money shifts, right? The business starts to shift. Now my, my, you have to put Harvard and, and, and all those other schools and wisdom, Salem State, and stuff like that. You got to put all these schools up there now because the business is starting to change. And once the business starting to change, now you they have to reformat everything. How am I going to recruit? Because I know what HBCU is on top of priority of some of these people, understand? And it just changes the narrative. I think it's a good thing. Even the G League program, I think it's a good thing. A lot of people are like, well, why? Why would they go to school? Now, don't get twisted. Get your education, ladies and gentlemen, if you could. understand? But if you have an opportunity to make the money that you was going to, the millions of dollars that you was going to make that school, and you have an opportunity to make it off the rip, I'm not going to knock it. If I had that opportunity, I would take it to move my family, to get my family out the hood. I would take that opportunity. But I think those HBCUs, I think that needs to start happening because way back when, that's what it was about. It was about going to an HBCU, And so I don't even know when it shifted to just the Dukes and Carolinas and Kentuckys. I don't even know when it shifted, but I know way back when, the HBCUs rang a bell. You said a certain college name, it was like, oh, yeah. can not wait for homecoming, you understand? So um, I think it's a dope opportunity, and these kids finally – taking it upon themselves to make decisions and not depending on uh, quote unquote, handlers to make it for them. You understand? Listen, go ahead because I've told this person I get here because they gave me a couple of hours, but I ain't telling you about the couple dollars they gave me. Now we get there and it doesn't work in my favor. You understand? So I think they need to do more of that. The HBCUs, uh, the G League, things of that nature, just change the narrative. And, and hopefully now college can start taking our kids more seriously.
0: I 1,000% agree. Um, I think it, it ultimately shifted when the TV um, exposure and the money got involved. That's right. Um, exactly You're right about that. Yep. You know what I'm saying? When, when, like you said, these blue bloods and these powerhouses started to say, hey, we can offer you 10 opportunities on national TV um, mm-hmm. for a lot of kids. That's, that's a, a, a great appeal that you just can't turn down. Now it's that's different. True. You know, we mm-hmm. know with YouTube, with social media you don't mm-hmm. have to go to one of these power schools to get the exposure. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Mikey Williams is a perfect example. This is a kid, he's still in high school and mm-hmm. he's got the exposure already. So he can go anywhere he wants to go. Mm-hmm. Um, do, and and you brought up a good point about recruiting, trying to figure out how to get to guys. Do you think this could become a way for now coaches and the powers that be, and, and mainly white society we're talking about here, mm-hmm. could this become a way for them to now want to gain a better understanding of our kids and our society and our culture. Because as you said, now I've got to to recruit you differently now. I've got to Mm -hmm. truly get to know you and I got to figure out what works Mm -hmm. for you as opposed Mm -hmm. to just saying, come to Kansas or come to Duke.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like it's relationship. If you want me to come, like, what is it that you're going to offer me? And I'm not talking about a TV deal because I could have my moms and pops come to the game and do it on social media. I already got uh twenty five point six K followers so they gonna see it. I don't need you to tell me about a TV deal. You understand? They gonna see me play against the top kids anyway. Um so yeah absolutely it's gonna force them to get to know as you want. Know me. Know what gets Mike Larry know what gets Mikey Williams know what gets um the, the young kids the Lewis for um Courtright um say Raymond's and, and, and um Majesty Johnson from uh uh Brooklyn Collegiate like know us what's gonna get us you want us there Learners, you understand? It's like any relationship. Any relationship. Date a female, you got to know what what what's a, her 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 good and her bad, her turn ons, her turn offs, right? So know me, what I need for so like that. I could you could better accommodate me because some people just want me for my basketball talent, and I may not need uh I may need a father figure. Who knows, right? If you'll be a mentor and a father figure to a young kid, that could probably get him to sway to your school. You understand? Same thing. That's what happened with um. Steph Curry at Davidson. Now he had a father, but his coach, he was like was a great mentor to him. So he went there for the mentorship and look what he came out there. The mentorship helped him become a better basketball player. If you meet the need, you can get whatever you else that you need for me. I meet my need first. I think it's definitely gonna give it's gonna be a challenge for them. It's doable. You just gotta put the work the time in the in. Well said, bro.
0: Now before I let you go, um again, you you've got your your finger on the pulse of city basketball. Give me one young up and come out of New York City that everybody mm. should be keeping their eye on. Or, or just mm. if, if you have multiple, but let me know who you really like coming out the city and who we should be paying attention to.
1: Mm. That's good. Malcolm Grant, Malcolm Grant, I believe his last name is Grant, if I'm not mistaken. Went to Stepanak, he just signed with Baylor. Um, A.J. Griffin is going into a senior year, he just signed with Duke. Um, but the person that I'm that I'm really really watching right now this year is going to be um, we call him Molly World. Molly from Saint Rays. He played in Saint Rays. Um, I think he's going to do numbers. I think he's going to do numbers because his work ethic this year. This, I've been watching this kid close. He's been in um um he's been on the beach working out in the sand. He's been doing boxing classes. He's been doing um um katastatic training things of that nature, and, and he's humble. What I love about it, the humble will rise. And um, he – I got to put that on the shirt, the humble will rise. Wow, that's um, uh, dope. I think he's going to do real, real good. So, really going really to look out. He did good before, you understand? Everybody know about him now, but I think that him now being able to lead the team uh, is going to do uh, him some justice. So, be, 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 be able to look out for Molly
0: definitely be on the lookout for him I'm I'm gonna I'm check out some of his highlights I'm gonna yeah, see what, what the young man got going on on the court man um and and one more question as well because it, I meant to ask you this early as we were talking about some different things within the city um I never got to see him but I, I've been you know hearing some good things unfortunately about this young man who, who lost his life uh Brandon Hendricks, Brandon um, Hendricks yeah. I, I, I saw you post about him talk about you know the relationship you guys had and just let the world know the type of young man he was, because I've heard a lot of good things about him. I never got the the opportunity to meet him. Uh, I may have mm-hmm. seen him at Hoops and the Sun and didn't realize it was him. Um, mm-hmm. But my man Joe Cruz and him, you know, they spoke very highly of him as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Entertainers posted him recently. Talk about the young man, and, and unfortunately, obviously, you
1: know, him losing his life at such a young age. Um, Me me, and Brandon just had a basketball relationship, you understand, every now and again. Um, I knew one of his coaches whom I used to play ball with. And we said to laugh and joke. So our our relationship was strictly basketball. But he was always focused. I would, a lot of a lot of people ask, "Oh, what schools you looking at, or what's your interest, or what schools offer of you?" My biggest thing I was always asking. I was always asked, "What's your grades looking like?" He's always looking like, your Mike, you know I'm top of my class." And he was one of those guys, very funny, um, a humble dude. Just like to crack jokes a lot. Um, and I just once again I talked about it. That's been my topic of discussion all day. Is work ethic. I like people that put the work in. He didn't look for handouts. He put the work in, and he used basketball as an outlet just to we find something to do. Understand? And he became good at it. So so, um, rest in peace, Brandon. You know what I mean? Um, ball like five. Um, it was a it was a frustrating thing to hear about when I woke up. Uh, I woke up that morning and got the news, and I was just perplexed and befuddled on what is happening what are we marching for we're not going to care and take care of and nurture our own and uh, um, do miss him because like I said he was um, instrumental to one of my good friend of mine he was a player and being a coach he always talk about him now that he's not gone now that he's not here um, I see the post from that coach and I I always reach out just to make sure he's good because it's a tough one And, and his mom's and sister and everybody it's a tough loss but Hopefully we'll be able to start the process of regrouping without him and living life um better, knowing that he's in a better place. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely, man. Well said and our condolences obviously out to his family. Um very you tragic. Man. You know, a young man had to lose his life in that way. Um, uh, but Mike, man, we appreciate you stopping through the Sanchez show, man. Um no thanks for having me. Yeah, we, we definitely gotta do it again, man. And and I know that it won't happen this year, but I look forward to seeing you calling games again. Um at Rucker, at, at any park, bro. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. showed us so much love, and we, we definitely appreciate it, man.
1: Not a problem. Not a problem. If you're free, come out uh, July 25th, this Saturday, at 3 p.m. Coney Island. Isaiah Whitehead is putting a little give back together. I'll be calling those games. Um, he got uh, the uh, LES Express versus um, Coney Island High School Division. Then he got Connecticut versus, uh, I believe, Connecticut versus Jersey. And then he got the Unlimited LES Express versus Coney Island. So Whitehead and I'm man BG, big shout out to BG. LES Express put on a load event on Saturday, 3 p.m. Coney Island. Come show love. Come outside. You know what I'm saying? Enjoy the basketball game. Enjoy the basketball life. We ain't getting much of it, so we might as well enjoy it while we can.
0: Absolutely. And shout out to Isaiah. I Actually, um, I didn't make it out last time, but I went to the one before, um, mm-hmm. which is a great setup that he does out there in Coney Island for the kids, man. Yeah. So shout out to him for that uh, this Saturday, July 25th. We're going to try to be out there, bro. Yeah, definitely. Hit me, man. And will do, man. Again, this is the Sanchez Show. Special thanks to Mike Lowry. We out of here. We out of here. God bless.